0: But we are and have been looking at the Sermon on the Mount for the last few weeks, and two, uh, nearly a month and a half now, and a few weeks ago, Leslie spoke to us about the fact that as we moved from chapter 5 of Matthew into chapter 6, thank you for the reading today, Katie, that was awesome, um, we moved, Jesus moved from talking about our relationships with one another to talking about our relationship with God. And last week in our all-age service, we looked at the prayer that Jesus gave us to base our relationship with him on, to speak to him, to engage with him through. And today we're looking at these two passages, which could seem very unrelated. One about fasting. Yes, I'm going to try and call it fasting all morning so that all of you Southern people can go like this every single time. Um, and one about uh, treasures and where we put them. But these two passages, as with the whole of the Sermon on on the Mount, are related and connected. Jesus didn't want us just to take a little bit from here and a little bit from there and, and do this bit and that bit and move along. He wants us to look at it all together, and that's why we're spending so long on it over this summer term. But this morning's big idea is this. That our relationship with God is about what we do in the secret place. What's in our hearts, not what we do in front of one another. If we want to know the measure of our own relationship with God, then we need to ask ourselves what it's like in the secret, in the quiet place. When we're on our own, when we're at home, when we wake in the middle of the night i've been doing that a lot recently i don't know about anyone else that's a covid lockdown thing isn't it has anyone else been doing that waking a lot in the middle of the night what is our relationship like in the secret place cuz that is the measure of our relationship with god not what we do when we come here when we stand and when we when we throw our hands in the air that's all good and proper but that should be the outpouring that should be the overflow Of our relationship with God, not the heart of it. We've been talking a lot as we've gone through these passages from the Sermon on the Mount about pride, condemnation, and humility. About the fact that actually when we read these passages from Jesus, it's very easy for us to fall into one of the first two categories. To think, great, I've got that, I've sorted it, I've done it, I'm good, at fasting and just go tick and we, it just brings us to a place of pride we become like the Pharisees that Jesus spoke of and spoke to so often in his stories we think we have nothing left to learn we don't think we need Jesus for anything because we think we've got it sorted And the other reaction it's easy to have is that of condemnation. We can hear the words of Jesus saying, when you fast, and we can go, when do I fast? And we can just feel immediately bad, immediately like we failed, immediately like we've let him down. We can feel like the tax collectors, to whom Jesus spoke regularly, those who he went and had dinner with, those he spent time with. I mean, even if we don't go any further in the whole of this sermon, who would you rather be? The Pharisee or the tax collector? If I'm honest, I think there's a little bit of both in me most of the time. I swing between the two. But both of them needed Jesus, and he wanted to bring them all back in relationship with God. I'm not going to go on a tangent into the story of the prodigal son, because my longest ever sermon was on the prodigal son, and that was 45 minutes long. So I don't think that's a tangent you want this morning, unless you put your hands up. (laughs) Thanks, Katie, and thanks, Simon. I'll see you for extra class later. No, what we've been talking about is the fact that when we come to Jesus, we hear these passages from the Sermon on the Mount. Actually, the response Jesus wants from us is not pride. And it's not condemnation. What he wants is he wants humility. He wants us to come before him and say, Yes, Lord, I don't have this all sorted. I'm not perfect. I don't get it right every single time. But I need need you. I know you can change me. I know you can help me. I know you can restore me. I know you died for the fact that I'm going to keep getting it wrong and that you love me all the same. And that's what it means to read these things with humility. Because, but the problem is, actually, it's quite easy, isn't it? If, if, I came, if I came here this morning and said, Right, church, you must do this, and then you'll be a good Christian. Then you can say, Great, I a tick, I am a good Christian, I will go to worship on a Wednesday night. Or you can go, oh no, cross, bad Christian, coffee in the garden. Isn't it interesting that coffee in the garden filled up before worship in the garden? I'm just going to leave that with you. No judgment, no judgment. But it would be easy, wouldn't it, if it was just we could choose yes or no. Actually, the harder route is the middle path the harder route is the humility the harder route is thinking if i if i'm doing all right in that is it because my motives are for god or are they to impress other people if i'm not doing so well in that area of my life is 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 it again because i lack the motivation from for god or i'm just trying to impress other people by not doing it. So what are our motives? Let's have a look, and you knew I'd get there in the end, to the passage that Katie actually read. Um, Let's have a look at fasting and, uh, and, and wealth for a moment. I don't know if you fast. I mean, which can mean one of two things. I thought about this before we went. Either you, and again, it falls into the two things, doesn't it? Either you're doing really well, and you're taking all of Jesus' advice. You're putting oil on your head, Paul, when you fast, and you're you're shaving your beard when you fast, Christy. Um. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Uh, But the point being that Jesus is telling us when we fast not to make it obvious to other people, isn't he? And in his, in his culture, in his day, that would be to make yourself look your best, which would involve, he was mainly talking to men at this point, shaving. And it would involve uh, pouring oil on your head, making sure your hair is neat, stuff like that. Because people would, if they were fasting, they would go around in sackcloth and ashes, they'd put it on their faces, and they'd let their hair go wild like me on my day off. And they would just, they'd make sure, oh, I'm so hungry, oh. Oh, and they oh, yeah, but I'm, fa- I'm fasting for the Lord. It's fine. Oh, and they'd make sure that everybody knew. So I'm glad you're not doing that. Thanks, everyone. So that's one option is that you're following Jesus' uh, instructions and you're not letting everyone know. I mean, it is possible that the other option is true, which is that you're not actually fasting. But I don't know. I don't know. How could I know? I mean, the same is true uh, for uh, money and giving. I make a point of not knowing how much people give to St Paul's church. I know there are some vicars, some pastors of some churches who make sure they know exactly how much they're giving and they kind of they 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 go and talk to people about their giving, about what they should give and how much they should give and if they're not giving enough, they 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 ask them what's wrong. Because giving is a is is a blessing to you. But I make a point of not knowing who is give, who is giving to St Paul's. If you're here as a guest this morning, sorry. If you're watching online as a guest, we don't expect guests to give to St. Paul's. But we do expect those people who call St. Paul's their church to give to the running and the mission and the ministry of St. Paul's. It's an important part of what it means to be a Christian. There's a, there's a saying about the fact that the Lord sanctifies our wallets last And by that, he means that when we first become Christians, we can love to come to church and go to coffee. Did I mention it was full? Um, And then we love to come to church and to sing and to wave our hands in the air. Still space is available on Wednesday night for worship in the garden. and then we join a home group and we read the Bible and we want, maybe want to go out and help people, to look after people, to love other people. But often the last thing that we do is we, when we become a Christian is we, we read those tough passages where it says, and you shall give unto the Lord 10% of all that he has given to you. And we go, oh, it's a good job those passages are just for the Old Testament, isn't it? I don't know what you give. Uh, And I know that you are generous and that the Lord has blessed us to be able to do some great ministry in and through St Paul's, through your volunteering, through your time and through your money. And I am grateful for that. But I don't know exactly what you give. I don't know what your motives are. So in the end, when I stand here... And we look at these passages about fasting and about giving. I'm not here to congratulate you. I don't know how you're doing. I'm not here to tell you off because I don't know how you're doing. I'm here to encourage us all this morning to think about what God is putting on our hearts. What our lives are like in the secret place in the quiet place. And again, I don't know what that is, and I don't wish to, for you to go away thinking, I had an hour's quiet time every week, day last week, so therefore Adam said I'm good. Tick. Excellent. Or go away going, oh, I haven't had a quiet time all through lockdown because it's been so mad, it's been so busy, it's been so hard. I feel so condemned because that's not what we're here for. Because what I want us to think about is I want us to think about Jesus. Because I think it's when we think about Jesus that our motives are changed. So rather than thinking about the things that we do and then what our motives are and what causes our motives, I want us to go back and to start by thinking about Jesus. Because we can look to Jesus... Jesus who came, it says in in Philippians that he came from his throne in glory. He gave up all that he had to come down because he loves us, because he wanted to be with us, because he wanted to have a relationship with us. He wanted to teach us these things we're reading about in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is so generous He had everything. All of creation was his. The worship of heaven was his. And he gave it up to become a baby, born and put in a a manger. Because he loves you and he loves me. He wanted us to have life and to live it to the full, today and every day and for the whole of eternity. He wanted our relationships with him to be restored. And he wanted our relationships with one another to be restored. When we think about Fasting and giving something up for a couple of hours or a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Our motives should bring us to look at Jesus who gave up everything. And he encourages us, why don't you give up something that distracts you from me? For a little while, to come away with me, to spend time with me, to be reminded of how much I love you. And then we think about Jesus on the cross, dying to defeat sin and death and rising again to new life. so that we could know that there is absolutely nothing we could ever do, no amount of time we could spend, no amount of money we could give, no levels of behaviour we could ever attain that will make God love us any more or love us any less. Because he's already given everything. He's given his life because of his great love for us. When we think of what it means to be generous to one another, to our community, to our church, we don't think about what it could gain us Because we already have everything that we need, because He paid that price. Our big idea this week was that our relationship with God is is about what we do in the secret place, what is in our hearts, not what we do in front of others. And I suppose more than anything else this week, I want to call the Holy Spirit down to speak to each of us about that quiet place. Because I can't go around the room and go, your quiet place, your quiet place, your quiet place. It doesn't work that way. And for some of you, the Lord is going to say, Hasn't it been great? It's been good to spend time with you. Let's do it, Let's do it some more. You're fun. I like you. For others, he say, I really missed you. Why don't you come and hang out with me? I want to encourage you, um, we do Bible, Bible studies together on the YouVersion app, the details are available on our weekly email. If you're not signed up for the weekly email, you can do that by contacting myself or the office. It's got all the information you need about um, signing up for worship in the garden. You can't sign up for coffee, it's already full. Um, but there's also information there about, uh, about the... About the the Bible plan for this week. And this week we're going to be looking at what it means to be generous together, thinking about living generous lives, not just with our money, but with our words and with our time and with our attitudes as well. So I'd encourage you to sign up for that. It starts tomorrow. But if it's all right, Dale, as a hand over to you, maybe we could just spend some time uh, just inviting the Lord to speak to each one of us individually through his Holy Spirit and um, and I'll sit down.